Hello and welcome to another episode of NCC Audio. I'm your host, Nicholas Carlton Chamberlain, and today we're going to continue our interview series on people in the audio industry. So I'm just super excited to learn more about why and how people discovered the audio industry and you know why they got into it and where they're at now. And so today, I, my guest is Carl Hood. He is um, the owner of the podcastengineer.com and the host of the DIY podcasting. Right? Is that right, Carl? That's right. Yeah. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's um, a little early here for me here on the West Coast. My family's right. upstairs being quiet as a mouse. Nice. How about you? Yeah, it's uh, not quite as early. I'm on the East Coast, so it's right around noon. But um, but it's okay. it's a pretty quiet, lazy, uh, lazy Sunday, which is which is always good for recording. So, of course. Yeah. So uh, let's just get into it. So, Carl, when did you first discover kind of like your passion for audio and audio engineering? So, passion for audio dates actually earlier than my passion for audio engineering. But I started playing piano for basically when I was like nine or 10, um, which is a little later than some of these like whiz kids, but I definitely wasn't a whiz kid <laughs> when I was playing piano, you know, but you know, I started playing a uh, classical stuff like a lot of people do. And then I picked up guitar after a little while and then somewhere around, I want to say it was around 20 or 2008 ish. Um, my uncle who was a little bit into like DJing and kind of mm -hmm. remixing stuff. And, uh, he'd been dabbling with, kind of engineering and producing his own stuff. And he was like, hey, you know, if you really um, enjoy composition, which was something I'd been getting into, he was like, you should check out some of these digital audio workstations and you can start like recording your stuff. And I was like, what? There's a whole <laughs> world to this. So he actually turned me on to Reason. <laughs> at the moment, it was mm -hmm. Reason 4. Yeah. Uh, so I got Reason 4 at the time, which was only MIDI. Uh, they didn't have any audio recording that came soon after. But yeah, I started getting into that. I started making uh, some EDM stuff, some beat making, you know, some just general kind of MIDI beats and things. Um, and yeah, I got into it. I really loved it. Uh, I kept kind of following along with Reason as they upgraded and added audio recording. So then I started recording like kind of singer songwriter mm -hmm. pop style things, you know, getting more into sort of mainstream ish type music. Um, and yeah, I, it eventually morphed into over 10 years now where we are or over 10 years to where we are now. Um, which is now I've, you know, I've got 10 plus years of kind of messing around in DAWs under my belt. And uh, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, you know what? Podcasting is something that I love anyway. Like I yeah. listen to a gazillion a week. That's mm -hmm. a bit of an exaggeration, but you get the gist, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I love it. And uh, I got to the point now where I had a friend of mine who had his own podcast and he was doing all his production in house. And um, it was pretty good. And the content was definitely there. Like I really liked what he was talking about. He is a, uh, he's a personal trainer. So he was doing a lot of kind of um, like health and wellness kind of fitnessy stuff. 
Um, but you know, being a personal trainer and not audio inclined at all, it was a little rough around the edges. And I was like, Hey man, listen, let me help you with this. Let me do all the production for you. And he was like, yeah, sure. Uh, so I did. And, um, if I may be so unhumble, you know, it kicked it up a notch. (laughs) And so he was like, wow, this is awesome. And then, uh, yeah, it just grew into where I am now, which is I have a handful of clients. Um, it's all working out and, uh, it's, you know, it's going well. It's, it's a lot of fun. Your story kind of is funny. It's kind of like mine. I started playing piano when I was in kindergarten, but I only spent like two years on that. And then, you know, I told my parents, I don't want to do this anymore. It's boring. Right. But yeah. then, <laughs> then I nowadays I wish I continued because I would be so good at it if I did continue. I know. Yeah, every once, exactly, every once in a while, I'll like hop back on the keys and it's, I'm nowhere near where I was, but it's fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, I still do the same thing. And then I got into drumming and percussion. And so I was a percussion performance major at one point. And then I took my piano skills and I transferred that to, you know, the brimba and the xylophone. But Mm -hmm. now, and then I got back into music. So I've been playing the piano and the drums a lot. Love it. But you're, I haven't played music in a while, which makes me kind of sad but every now and then I do do some composing for you know my friend he does some video work Brandon Manderson and so I'll compose Mm -hmm. some music for his video and actually created the music for his podcast so oh nice my podcast I went through a three-part series on how to start a podcast (laughs) so he got a free podcast out of it and then (laughs) but it was very helpful for people to go through like to learn how to start a podcast so before you started your podcasting um, company, what were you doing full-time? Were you full-time audio engineer or were you completely separate doing something else in the world? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird uh, story. I was doing, so I went to school, I went to college for electrical engineering, like mm. real kind of circuits and oh, yeah. power and all that stuff. Uh, so I was actually working... Uh, and I still am honestly to a degree working in audio and en- or in uh, electrical engineering. And so um, it was very much not audio related, but at the same time, it, it kind of gives you a real world experience and a level of sort of business know-how and kind of corporate know-how mm-hmm. that you can sort of pick from. And uh, especially when you launch your own business, a lot of it nowadays, unless you study business mm-hmm. is totally foreign, especially to like us audio guys, there's, there's yeah. nothing in the cards usually for how do you launch your own business? How do you run it? Um, so I know that's a skill I wished they taught us in school. So I went to Texas state university, um, and I Uh was in the sound recording technology program and Mm -hmm. they, you know, they taught us how to be, you know, like a fly on the wall in the recording studio and just to watch other people. And they did give us some great insight and hands-on experience. But once I got into the real world, that's where I actually started to learn everything. And then I was like, wow, I actually have a lot more to learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. It's, uh, it's, it's weird. You know, you like, you quickly realize that you know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, uh, it kind of puts you in your place very quickly, but uh, you know, the, you, it's not necessarily difficult. You just kind of have to know, uh, Mm -hmm. what resources to kind of look at for, for advice and who to talk to and stuff. But, um, but yeah, no. So I guess to hop back into that story is, yeah, I was doing electrical engineering. Uh, I was actually a consultant. Um, and so then I was like, you know what I should, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I had this buddy that had a podcast. So I was like, let me, let me do that. And then 
that morphed into more clients, which morphed into a company, um, which is where I am now. So, yeah. And so when did you first launch your business? You're right. I think I saw it was like Carl Hood Music LLC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I launched it uh, way back in, it must have been right around the middle, maybe fall 2018. Uh, so okay. yeah, kind of, I think it was right around that kind of August, September time frame. And I launched it and originally I was like, I'm going to do uh, remote mixing, like online mixing for, for like small artists. And that's okay. Like there is a market there. Um, but it's not the kind of market I thought it was going to be like people, (laughs) because what I found and maybe, maybe this isn't true everywhere, but at least kind of locally, what I found is when you're a small independent musician, you want the experience of going into a studio and recording and like that's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah, that's something I'm still working with also. So I started as NCC Audio and then I was like, I have all these great audio skills. I can record bands, I can mix bands, I can master bands and music and I can do podcast production and I can do sound composition for movies and videos. I can do post sound production mixing for them. And then it turns out, okay, if you're going to start a business, each aspect of that business has to be like perfectly fine tuned. Mm -hmm. And so it's like super wide, super broad. And I realized, okay, I have to narrow down. Yeah. And my full time job right now, I work for a nonprofit and it's basically producing podcasts for them and engineering a a live radio show. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to stick to podcasting and perfect all the business elements of that. And then if I can get that, you know, it's just like perfected, then I'll move on to the next niche of, I don't know, recording or mixing (laughs) online. Right. Yeah. You know, once you have a family, I have a three-year-old daughter and a seven-month-old son. I can't really be living, like leaving every night to go recording or do anything. So this online business is like, you know, where it's at for people like me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, I think kind of starting somewhere and really mastering that is probably the wisest way to grow a business because you you get a very distinct rep for doing something really, really well. And then you can kind of branch out and start dabbling in other things. Um, So, yeah, I think that's the right way to go. That's the way I've definitely been approaching with my business. So (laughs) hopefully we're doing it the right way. I thought it was a good idea in the beginning because I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do. So, you know, I casted a wide net. I had two like small gigs of recording like a singer songwriter. And then I did two mastering projects. But then I had 10 different like podcasts I was producing. And I was like, all right, well, I know where I'm going now, even though I kind of might not want to. (laughs) But it's been a lot of fun for sure. And then I've, I looked on your website, the podcast engineer, and you had some pretty cool um, features that kind of set you apart from the other uh, podcast producing engineers. Like it was the renting the equipment. Can you tell me a little about, bit about that? Yeah. So equipment rental is something I'm like dipping my toes into at the moment. Um, it's, I find potentially a really awesome opportunity for people that record a lot of stuff either at conventions or 
um, just kind of remotely in general. Also mm-hmm. for shows that have guests that are remote and guests that maybe don't have their own equipment, you can like rent something for a few days, basically ship it to your guest. Um, and then the kind of the package that I, uh, it's not quite up and running yet, but the package that I'm working on that I will kind of be selling will come with a little how-to guide, like a setup guide, yeah. um, just to kind of take you from zero to a hundred really easily and kind of gracefully, if you will. So that if you are somebody, uh, as a guest on a show that has no idea how to set up and record stuff, uh, this will kind of take you through the whole process so that you can have nice audio on the far end so that mm-hmm. ultimately the host can kind of put it all together and make it sound like it's all in studio. Um, so it's something I thought was, uh, an interesting opportunity. I think it's something that could be, um, really convenient for a lot of podcasts and so you can kind of get rid of uh kind of either recording like the phone directly which i know is what some people do uh it's something i have experience working with is people (laughs) putting a mic right up to a phone and it's like oh this could be better so yeah it's (laughs) (laughs) no that's funny i was um gonna tell you i had this one podcast client so i wrote all like equipment lists for her to get right Mm -hmm. And then after the podcast recording, she's like, I can't hear my one person. And I recorded myself. And so she sent me the file. And then her her file was completely distorted throughout the entire thing. Oh, no. And she thought she didn't record the guest. Oh, no. But she did. <laughs> but it was so quiet. It, looked, it sounded like she didn't. And so she, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so what were the settings on the Zoom recorder, mm-hmm. handheld recorder? She said, I... I well, one of the knobs is at 10 and the other one's at 2. Why do they need do they need to be there? Like what do I do with those knobs? No. And I was like, okay, we need to come up with a, oh, a solution no. for this oh, issue. No. And so I just tried to, you know, I had to explain it how to use it to her. And so I'm going to I have to write up stuff like how to ex- use equipment also. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and for you to have a good like from <laughs> zero to a hundred startup um yeah how to record that's going to be helpful for sure especially if they have the equipment and you tell them each and every time the exact same equipment so yeah i think that's that's a great idea yeah no thank you so much i i appreciate it and it's true i mean a lot of people even if it's just a few knobs they're like i have no idea what these knobs mean (laughs) and like even even terminology that kind of is no-brainer for us like gain and if you say gain she had no idea what gain exactly so that's so important to getting kind of the right level when you're recording but almost everybody that's ever uh or i guess yeah anyone that's never touched audio equipment they have no Mm -hmm. idea what that means they're like and so we have to explain it to like very like common language, right. you know, to our customers. Yep, exactly. I was going to tell like a little, a little horror story also. <laughs> I had this one <laughs> client as well. She was recording her podcast on her vo- uh, cell phone, mm-hmm. just, you know, that cell phone quality. And then she had a Skype guest coming from her computer and so she would then point her phone towards her computer to record her skype guest oh. and then she said please make a professional sounding podcast out right of this. yeah <laughs> uh like, yes i can only do as much as you give me yep i like to for some people that have a hard time understanding this i always like to say listen if you point your camera into like direct sunlight and you're trying to take a picture of somebody there's only so much I could do with, you know, without completely ruining the photo. Like it's, yeah. it's similar in photography. If too much light mm-hmm. coming in or like pointing it at the wrong source and the 
you know, garbage in, garbage out. So it's like yep. in audio, it's the same thing. If you don't do all the setup and the front end stuff, it doesn't have to be perfect, but uh, there's a lot that can go wrong. So it's uh, it's always a good story, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Alrighty, so how can I mean? Is there anything else you want to talk about your business? It's fun. It's fun working in podcasting. Everyone, uh, obviously, it's a very popular thing now. It's growing quite a bit, and so it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun working with a bunch of different shows that have a bunch of different ideas and um, just a lot. Everyone has something to say, so it's always interesting to to be a fly on the wall during their conversations and and soak it in. Oh yeah, that's true. I have like a wide variety from people talking about books to people talking about food yeah. and different food to um, people talking about uh, business consulting mm-hmm. for how's like, all right, I'm like, oh, this weird fly on the wall. Between, you're right. Between these two people having a random yeah. conversation. Yeah. I get things. people asking me like, oh yeah. So do you feel like, do you feel like you're a more well-rounded person now? And I'm like, you bet I do. Cause I've been listening to <laughs> everything from women empowerment to like wealth management to like cooking, you know, it's like, I am, you know, <laughs> more education than I get so, in school. It's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. So where can people go to learn more about you? Absolutely. Yeah. So on uh, if you want to just kind of reach out casually on all social medias, I am the podcast ENGR. So like the abbreviation for engineer, um, okay. as Nick said so beautifully, uh, it, the website is thepodcastengineer.com. Um, there's a form there if you want to reach out. But yeah, otherwise, um, shouldn't be too difficult. Look for the podcast engineer. I should be somewhere near the top. Um, yeah, and there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Hey, thanks so much, Carl, for coming out, you know, on this early, late afternoon for you and just uh, talk about like how you got into the audio industry and what you're doing now. So I appreciate it. Absolutely, Nick. It's a pleasure. Thanks. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the NCC Audio Podcast. Please share this with your friends and your family and your loved ones, your aunts, uncles, cousins, daughters, grandparents, you know, everyone who wants to learn more about audio. And if you want to get into podcasting, please hit me up. Please hit Carl up. And there's so many resources out there for you to learn and to grow and to get your voice and your story out there. Alrighty, everyone. Peace. Bye. Bye.